Greetings, nerds. This is Sita Nerd. I'm your host, Sarah Belmont, and with me, as always, is our mystery producer, Will Paul. How are you doing tonight, Will? Doing very well, Sarah. How are you doing this evening? I'm alive. Um, This is my fault, everyone. My fault. Uh, I had to play my sick excuse, and yesterday couldn't happen, so we're talking today. But silver lining, we got a lot of news to talk about today because we had to postpone so everything works out, everybody. Yeah, it does have a strange way of working out. Hate it that it had to be that way, but yeah, it. We definitely got uh, more things to talk about then, and we already had so much to talk about. I mean, damn, last week, really. <laughs> <laughs> I think there was just one headline though that everybody was obsessed with talking about because. It kind of is like a punch in the gut. And funny thing, I had a power outage yesterday. So because I had already downloaded um, Endgame, I was watching the second hour. Because for some reason, when it first got released, I only watched the first hour. And then I huh. stopped and I never returned. <laughs> <laughs> Who well, it's easy to do. I mean, that's a three, three and a half hour long movie. So literally, it, you, you are, you, <laughs> it's been months. <laughs> Still, still, yeah, but you, you can be forgiven. You can be forgiven. And for those of you who want to know exactly where I was, it was right before they went back in time. Like, oh. that was the cutting off point. That's, a good, that's, that's actually a good stopping place. <laughs> it's all downhill from there, right? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's because, like, that's the part that feels the most like Infinity War, so I gravitate yeah. to a lot of stuff that goes on in that part. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it was, I, I had to kill some time and I'm like, well, I can always resume Endgame. I still haven't finished it. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> I finally, I, you know, I, speaking of like getting around the things, I finally rewatched Spider-Verse last, last week. Uh, I think it was all the, all the news of Spider-Man and Sony and Marvel and all that stuff. So I was like, you know, I, I just need to like get some reassurance that things are going to be okay. So I watched Spider-Verse. Yeah, uh, you told me about that. And I mean, speaking about things that I think we all just need to take a step back. First of all, we're spoiled brats. <laughs> we really yes. are. We. It was a long shot that this deal was ever going to happen. Nobody believed it when it, when it did happen. Mm-hmm. And then there was like, oh my God, we have two different movie corporations working together to bring us exactly what we want and they're going to make this work and it was successful and and you know what happens when we have success you know what happens will we get greedy thank you okay because we want more we always want more and we want more and you know I don't exactly recall, but isn't it Disney who wants more? Am I correct? Or is it Sony? So the break, yeah. So Sony was unwilling to share in the profits in exchange for uh, several things. I think the main, one of the main things was I saw earlier last week was that there was the producer credit for Kevin Feige and, but it, it, it basically did boil down to money. Yeah, it's it's always going to be money, which is, you know, it's kind of annoying considering how much money these movies make. And, oh, boo-hoo, you have to share. Yeah, really. <laughs> yeah. It's like, are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, it was just like, really, 
but you know, in a dueling press releases and a dueling stories, and is it on again, off again? And it seems like Sony basically said, "Well, Disney took their ball and went home," and mm-hmm. and so here we are. But because Disney, I mean, yeah, they lose a character, but Sony is now sitting on an incomplete product. Because right. it was a, it's supposed to be a trilogy. It is supposed yep. to have its conclusion. That looking back at Far From Home and how it ended, it's like, are r- really? Uh, yeah. Wait, you're, we're not going to have Feige in the background um, cleaning up this mess because you guys tore some stuff up at the end of that movie. <laughs> tore some major stuff up, and yeah, you know, it, it, I just felt like we just had. A couple gut punches come at us all at once. Granted, it's not the same scale, but we had Krypton, cliffhanger ending that we were just getting over, and then we hear this about Spider-Man. I'm like, really? I'm like, can I, can I just have some property just, like, finish out the story without getting canceled or people getting pissed off over money or, or whatever the heck it is? Because it just this was this one was one of those divorces that just seemed... Even Jeff Goldblum this weekend was like perplexed at D23. Like, really? Can't we just all figure out? And granted, I still see out there stories that say negotiations are still going on. This could still all get smoothed out and worked out. But on the other hand, I mean, you know, Feige even said it himself. It's like, look, I got five movies out of this character, two standalone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and, and they do have the MCU, which, uh, you know, after, you know, we got more details this weekend at D23 about the movie properties, the Disney Plus properties that are going to go forward with the MCU. So, yes, it does, you know, Feige definitely had a good pulse on the character and I think reinvigorated Spider-Man from what Sony had done with the character. But... You know, at the end of the day, Marvel and Disney are like, we have a whole other, we have a whole universe over here, and you know, Sony managed to capture lightning in a bottle with Spider Verse, and I think that's as much about Lord Miller and the team that they put together to to make that movie. I do, like I said, I did watch Spider Verse just to help me, <laughs> help me feel better, but uh, I haven't. Spider Verse wa- didn't make money though. Well. So, yeah. I, I mean, it, it really uh, didn't. And looking at it, it is shocking yeah. how little money that movie made. And yeah. a part of the reason is because it's it's critically acclaimed, but yeah. it is not a blockbuster film. But ironically, Venom did. Venom did? No, yeah. I, I totally understand yeah. that. But you brought up Into the Spider-Verse, and I'm like, that yeah. didn't make money. Venom did. However, you know what? Venom is literally lightning in a bottle. Yeah. Nobody knows why that movie worked. Nobody. I still haven't even seen it. I haven't either. <laughs> okay. But and yeah. I understand a lot of other people did. I think there was something about it, though, where I don't have the numbers in front of me. But I wouldn't be shocking if partly why it made money is because of an international appear. Because that's yeah. the same thing that happened with... Um, I think World of Warcraft didn't yeah, that yeah. movie only make money though overseas when yeah. you isolate the two different um, international yeah. versus domestic. So yeah. there is something to be said that sometimes these movies do work, but it's not because Americans like them. Right, right, <laughs> yeah. This it, world, yeah. <laughs> and it, it, and it's also that 
Kevin, like, like I understand Kevin Feige is kind of like walking away from this because it's like one character, boo-hoo, I'd, I've done my job. If they don't want to play, they don't want to continue playing. I do think it's very interesting, though, how Sony and Kevin Feige went into this deal knowing how many movies they had agreed to. Right. Why the heck would Sony end Far From Home the way they did? Knowing then they're going to do this like, oh, well, we're done here. Let me let me go capitalize on this character one more time and not have to share any of our profits. When it's kind of like, yeah, but doesn't that hinge on it being connected to this grandiose cinematic universe? It does. It does. And, and it'll be interesting to see how they move forward with this story, with the character. So... We did learn this weekend that Tom Holland is still involved. Uh, I think he still has what two films left on his contract? One or is it one or two films left? On which contract? Uh, what's to do Spider Man? For for Sony or for Marvel? Uh, for Marvel. Really? I think he still had. I think he was contracted to do the. He is. He is. He is still engaged in in the property. Uh, no, I understand he, that, but yeah. I mean, he and, could just have one more film on his because I think he signed on for six pictures. Right. But then that would be that wouldn't be an Avengers film. That would be a Spider Man Sony. Yeah, that's Spider Man yeah. Three Sony. Yeah. yeah, and yeah, and that's the one I'm talking about. So it is okay. one more film. Yeah. So it's one more film he has to do. I think I did read where that yeah, over this weekend he did say they were kicking around ideas uh, for Spider Man Three and to potential crossovers with some of the characters in that, that Sony has as far as in their Marvel wheelhouse. Oh, so, so you mean they're going to do another version of The Amazing Spider-Man 2 with which featured like way too many of those characters? Yeah, well, there's still, you know, there's Venom, there's Carnage out there, there's uh any number of characters that they, they that they could pull from, but Again, I, I guess we will see again how much of Spider-Man's story could be carried forward. Because that's the other thing too. A lot of I think spot, part of it is trying to get the creative, the writers and the director from Far From Home and uh, Homecoming to come over to Sony. I think that's some of the other negotiations that's going on right now. So they could bring the team over and maybe retcon it enough that they could maybe reference the MCU or, and, and carry forward the story that was left at far from home, or they may just go in a completely different route and uh, completely ignore the MCU. But really, I think in recent history, everyone is really tied to Spider-Man uh, because of his relationship with Tony Stark, and so, I, it, and, well, I I think at the end of the day, regardless, people are going to go see this movie. I know yeah. that there's going to be headlines like, "Oh, don't see it because it's yeah. no longer part of the MCU or anything." It yeah. doesn't matter. It's a Spider-Man movie. Exactly. Even the the even the worst, and I think in the Raimi trilogy. Um, Spider-Man 3 actually made the most money out of all of them. It did. Yeah. (laughs) And I think Spider-Man 2 actually made the least. So, so really 
and knowing all of the drama, people are going to be curious. I think people were curious about Venom. Yeah. And that's why they went. And I think people are going to be even more curious about the final um, Tom Holland Spider-Man unless something else happens Mm -hmm. where he's like, the only way I come back is if the MCU is involved. Um, And then Sony gets greedy and is like, you know what? We already capitalized on this. Let's do this again. So I don't know, but let's let's talk about those other properties that you were alluding to before because D23 happened and what the heck is with Marvel and TV all of a sudden? Like, Jesus, how many series (laughs) can't like I'm serious. I'm starting to get a little concerned here because something is to be said with overdoing it and also stretching yourself to a point where the product where the content de- quality decreases yeah yeah it's funny you mentioned that because they were they they talked about the content issue a little bit today on collider collider live uh, where where oh where is the tipping point for the quality and uh, i know on that show they had referenced uh the for example Concerns about the Eternals uh, could be that could be that film, or oh, I'm not worried about that film. You know why? Starks. Okay, they yeah. capitalized on two Starks. They did one, one who made it to the very end, and one who died halfway through. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and yeah. both it, are kings of the north. Yeah, yeah. Even, even my wife was like, whenever she was like, "Hey, kid, she 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 read some of the Game of Thrones books. Never watched the end of the show, but she she knows enough." about the series and stuff to be like, hey, Kit Harrington's like going to be in the next Marvel movie. And she's not an MCU fan hardly at all. I mean, she's watched yeah. a couple of films. So yeah, it, it definitely moved the needle. <laughs> I just, I fans. was so happy when I saw that news because I just, knowing that both of them are going to be, it's like the Stark reunion that we could never get on that show and we've wanted because they weren't, they weren't in any scenes together outside of the pilot. And so it's just crazy to me. And I'm like, now they're in a movie. Watch, they have no scenes together. Probably, exactly. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, no. Yeah. 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 I'm, I really am not worried about that movie. That's, I haven't watched that portion of Collider TV talk yet or, or just Collider Live. But um, I can understand it. However, again, when you get Angelina Jolie, right. Selma Hayek. Yeah. These are not names of people who are like, oh, let me do this because it right. would be fun and the script is crap, but, you know, we make money. Yeah. So I just yeah. – there's something yeah. about it where I think that we're going to be fine, but I am worried about the TV shows. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. I hear you. And we, yeah, I know we talked on a, on a past podcast, I think, uh, around maybe it was Endgame or, or Captain Marvel where we were discussing having these A-list actors involved with the MCU. It is the place to be now if you are, you know, for A-list actors. It's not like uh, as much as people may, like Bill Maher and even the uh, Mark Maron, who's poking fun at the Joker. Even he's in the Joker film and po- mm-hmm. poking fun at comic book fans. It's it's, it's now it, it, if you're an A-lister, you can you can do these films and it's not going to harm your career. If anything, it it, it it will reinvigorate it if you're hit a rut. So it is very. So I want to talk about Miss Marvel first. Yeah, and sure. here's why: because the other week I was on IMDb 
and they had an article up. I didn't read the article, but I saw the first image and it was talking about how we're going to meet the mutants. And there was an image, one image on it of Rogue. And suddenly my mind was just like blown because I was like, oh, yeah, part of Rogue's history is that she gets some of her powers from Miss Marvel. Mm hmm. And so then to find out that they're doing this series, I'm like, oh, okay. Okay. So maybe they will lean into the X-Men through this series because of its ta- her ties to Rogue. And we already talked about like the big Comic-Con news and how Doctor Strange in particular, the multiverse yeah. and what happens and the fact that Scarlet Witch is going to be f- featured in that movie. Right. So, so I don't know exactly when Miss Marvel comes out. On they haven't, the... give, yeah, they haven't given a date yet. It was okay, one of those two, it was to be the, so basically, She-Hulk, Miss Marvel, and Moon Knight were all given to be determined uh, dates as far as release times on Disney Plus. But the other thing about Miss Marvel, which your theory definitely makes, you you have definitely good support in that uh, with Doctor Strange too. Uh, Feige did say Miss Marvel was going to show up in an MCU film. Um, thank you. Like, like this is this is what I want because Rogue is my favorite X Men, and she just deserves justice, just like Gambit. Okay, yep. and I want that movie. <laughs> <laughs> now was now was the Rogue connection with a a, a previous version of Miss Marvel? Because obviously the the Miss Marvel that's going to be in this one version on Disney plus is going to be uh, Camilla Khan. Who's the first Muslim American superhero. Let's just act like it was. And and they can retcon it. Do it. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, I don't don't think it was, I don't think it was, but like, like you said, and this is what Feige does best. He doesn't follow the comics word for word, line by line. He takes them, does makes it work for what he's crafting and it's an interpretation and i don't think it has to be that exact character because i'm pretty sure it was actually carol danvers with the rogue connection but you know throw another version of that character use use the character to launch another like like this is why he's the puppet master right right or the superhero master i don't i don't know how we would say that He's a superhero master, pulling those yeah. strings. Yeah, pulling those, pulling those strings. But uh, yeah, that was that was the big news for as far as the upcoming Disney Plus shows. And then of course there was the She Hulk show, which uh, I see some stupid stuff out there on Twitter. I mean, it's just a stupid fan people like we don't, you know, we don't need um, you know another woman superhero. I'm like, really, just just step off. One, two, I mean, <laughs> and also, I mean, She-Hulk has been a been around. I, I even have like some old like cop copies from back in the day, as far as this character. And I mean, she is an established character. She's Bruce Banner's cousin. Due to an emergency blood transfusion, she gets infused with Hulk blood and become. And she's a lawyer, so that's sort of the general things about the character. And then, and then Moon Knight uh, is is. I was when I heard this news, I was like, "Whoa, they are like pulling way down in the uh, in the arsenal." Sort of like same with the Black Knight character in the Eternals. Um, 
I mean, Moon Knight's known, I guess, to like a lot of hardcore comic readers. I don't know outside of outside of that how many people in the general populace knows this. And but again, I mean, that's the thing about this Disney Plus platform; they can take these kind of chances. I have heard this name tossed out since probably 2014. Moon Knight. Okay. Like, I want Moon Knight. I want. Moon. I don't. I don't. I. I think if you had asked me this or told me that this was coming in 2014, I would have been able to like. Oh, and I know A, B, and C. I don't know A, B, C anymore. What I do know is I saw some immediate fan speculation about casting, and I was like. I like that idea. I don't know if it'll work, but for some reason, Shia LaBeouf came uh. up on Twitter as like perfect casting for this character. I don't know if that's true because I honestly don't know much yeah. about it. However, again, when when you put those names out there, and and um, it just makes me giddy because I'm like, this is what's so interesting. Like, who cares if it's a man or a girl, oh, the race and ethnicity of these characters? Because we get to see more actors who we love, mm-hmm. like, step into these characters and personify them and bring them to life. And and it, it's just, like, so much opportunities. And that's what I really like. And, like, I understand that people don't like... Because I'm, I'm also that person who I'm like... Well, if we have one version, just replacing them with, like, the gender opposite of it, it's like, huh, who wants that? Right, well, right. you know, all of those people are going to be proven wrong as long as the story works. Mm-hmm. If, the, if the story falls apart, then that's why those people still have voices and still say crummy opinions like that. Um, because they're just like, oh, it didn't work. And it's like, well... Well, Maybe yeah. we should be in the writer's room. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know. It's yeah. just, I mean, as like, don't get me wrong. As much as I'm concerned about the quality of the content dropping, I do like this path because we do talk about all the time how movies we're watching less and less and TV shows we're getting into more and more. I spent my Saturday binge watching 13 hours of 13 Reasons Why. Mm, I don't know what it is about that show. Uh, Yeah. I, I, every time they drop a season, I binge it in a day and a half. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's addicting. This season wasn't as good as this previous season, but there's still something there. I'm like, oh, I gotta, I gotta watch the next episode. Do I need to take a break? No, I, I I just want to get through this. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the thing about Disney Plus, I don't think they're going to go on that Netflix model of, dropping shows all at once it seems like i think they're gonna be doing these things over time to keep your keep 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 you coming back every week well that that's a relief because i i like to also take my time with the shows they yeah. seem to allow me to better digest them um however 13 reasons why this year i figured out real quickly um, I just wanted to make sure I didn't miss out on anything. <laughs> <laughs> um, so tell me, what what did we learn about the previously dropped um, yeah. MCU shows such as What If, WandaVision, Loki, yeah. Falcon, and Winter Soldier? Yes. You don't have to go through all of them. No, I'll just hit some of the highlights for some of them. So, uh, And also getting to our earlier, earlier comment about 
being concerned about oversaturation and quality of show. Uh, one, it wasn't until really today that I realized I had a chance to give some more details about the WandaVision show. So it looks like it, a, the poster, I guess it, it was described as, uh, I kept hearing these Dick Van Dyke references thrown around, and and I know there was some earlier statements back thinking around Comic-Con about it being set in the 50s or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so it seems that this show is going to be part uh, comedy sitcom, part MCU like vibe. And so I'm starting to I'm starting to get a little worried about this thing because right. Uh, it's just I don't know. I mean, I I I saw the poster and it has. Uh, Vision and and Scarlet Witch sitting on the couch, and there's some shadows in the background of of um, I think they're superhero selves. But the thing that gets me, it, it just I, I I'm just I don't know if it's going to be a laugh. I mean, I know they won't have like a laugh track and all that kind of nonsense, but the the way it's being described. I'm just sort of, I'm sort of, sort of sitting back now and just kind of holding my breath to see what we get on on that particular particular show on Disney Plus. Uh, as far as, and I think it's going to be, I think timeline now is around spring of 2021. Uh, the What If rollout, they had some really some pretty awesome posters that uh, they showed and had a situation like with. The one of the what ifs was uh, what if Peggy Carter became Captain Britain, <laughs> and she was the instead of Steve Rogers getting the powers, she ended up with it. So that that, that was some of the ones, and then also they had um, I think uh, Iron Man was was actually uh, piloted by Steve Rogers. So that was some of the funky things they did with what if, and then uh, the, or the other thing about. Um, WandaVision is uh, Kat Dennings is coming back as Darcy and yeah. Jimmy yeah, Jimmy Woo is going to be his character from uh, the FBI agent from um, Ant-Man. Ant-Man, yeah. So he's back. So Randall Park is back doing that. Uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier got some more news there. Uh, cool pretty, poster. Very, very cool poster. Yeah, yeah. I really like that poster. I meant to sh- I, I saw that uh, Winter Soldier, I guess, Emily Van Camp's character will be back from um, Civil War. and Not Civil War, from a Winter Soldier. And, um, of course, we also had earlier heard about uh, Daniel Brühl returning as uh, Zemo. So, Zemo. Yeah. So, the Baron is back. So, those are some of the other details that uh, we got from uh, D23 as far as those shows. And... Um, and then, of course, just general Disney news. I guess there's Lady and the Tramp live action. Such That's a it. weird trailer to watch. Yeah, yeah. Because the whole time you're just like, are their lips moving? They're saying things. And then they start to, and then you're like, really? And then, huh, I don't know how I would handle watching that, like the five-year-old version of me watching that. I would be like, <laughs> uh, mom, mom. Yeah. So... <laughs> I mean, and then I did see that image of Emma Stone as Corella. Mm-hmm. I have no interest in this movie. 
no, very cool it, photo. Yeah, very cool. Very cool. <laughs> very but, cool. Yeah. It it just looks like something from a magazine though, and I'm like, oh, that's that's really cool, avant garde. Yeah. Does so, not like scream. This is going to be a classic movie. Yeah. More importantly, Black Panther 2, they announced, yep. is going to get released May yep. 6, 2022. Mm-hmm. Damn, it feels, Yeah, <laughs> but I feel, I feel like I feel so far away. <laughs> for, for... It, it does, but it's going to be here before you know it because yeah. there's all of this other content that is just going to start dropping. And then you're going to be like, oh, it's already May 6, 2022. How did right. we get here? Exactly. Exactly. But uh, yeah, uh, yeah. But basically, D23 was just a big com- commercial for for the Disney Plus platform. And then also yeah. filling and then also just sort of filling in the gaps from uh, Comic-Con. All right. Now, the other half of D23, of course, Star Wars. Because because that's what Disney is this this um, right now. Either it's Star Wars news or is it MCU. These are like the mother loads, and it started off with the trailer drop for the Mandalorian. Here's what we know: looks cool, looks epic, sound design very sweet. Mm-hmm. The images, the stills, Jesus Christ! This yeah. is like Rogue One quality. This yeah. Genius. It's wild, 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 wild west in space. Mm-hmm. Nostalgia's there. Not a lot of CGI, thank God. No. Yeah, a lot of yeah. I mean, jo- yeah. that's a, that's I think John Favreau definitely strikes me as a type of showrunner and director who is going to want practical effects over CGI effects. Yeah, and I think and- actually I think I read a Deadline article where he did talk about that. Well, he's he's a he's a classic. Star Wars fan of course he's like that's why these movies work and when you do think like oh let's bring in um first uh 21st century technology suddenly it just gets corrupted and it's not recapturing what was here's what we don't know will Hmm? will the Mandalorian ever say something (laughs) maybe Maybe in season two, since they've already been confirmed for season two. <laughs> I just, it's, and, and I get it. And it's very, it's a very cool trick that they're doing right yeah. now. And in all honesty, pretty much maybe one or two people in, in either of these trailers have really said anything. Right. But it's just like nobody's talking. And it's kind of like, is this a silent TV show? If so, that's a risk. And I'm very curious to see if it'll pay off. <laughs> Maybe that's speaking. why they're spending so much money on the set designs. I don't know. <laughs> nah, it's going to be like, I think I, it's going to be like the uh, Clint Eastwood character uh, from back in the day, the uh, man with no name. Yeah, and yeah. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I mean, it's 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 hitting all those like notes, and uh, I mean, and it obviously has been described as a wild, wild west space adventure. So, uh, I think we'll we'll get we'll get that vibe, but it'll be placed in the in the Star Wars universe. I guess it's said about what I guess a few years after Return of the Jedi. So, well, I mean. Yeah, that's what it looks like too, and that's what it feels like, and it feels authentic. Um, and I think it even works a little bit more right now because 
because of Rogue One and how Rogue One was able to tell a story from the past uh, in 2015. And and we're just like, or 2016, I think Rogue One came out on. But... But it just it just felt like it recaptured that spirit and and really it's just there um it's serious. Mm-hmm. There's something about it where I don't feel like they thought, okay, so we have the streaming app and we need to sell it. How do we do that? Well, let's give them Star Wars because they buy tickets. And instead it, it feels like no, we have the story to tell. We're we know how we want to tell it. Yeah. We're gonna sell it because it's Star Wars, so right. we know people are gonna watch it. But how do we get other people, like those people who probably had seen the trilogy maybe once, maybe twice? How do we get them and their kids to watch it? And what they did in this trailer, like that that opening shot with the stormtroopers' tro- heads. Oh yeah, yeah. That was so cool. It was because. And I love some of the comparisons. Like you, you either get Wild Wild West or Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. and and it's just this mixture of it, which is exactly why I think Game of Thrones worked because it it felt very past and mm-hmm. medieval, yet at the same time, it was fantasy and it was in this other world and not connected to our. But there was something, so it feels like it's bounded in realism. As yep. much as that, it's a science fiction fantasy genre yep. show. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree with you there. Uh, it does have that, that groundedness, and and just the way they introduced the characters in, in the trailer. And I mean, we saw like Carl Weathers. So again, speaking to your point about trying to pull in other other people and other who are not necessarily diehard Star Wars fans, but when they see a person, they see Carl Weathers or Junior Carlo Esposito, they'll be like, oh, well, hey, we got Apollo, we got Apollo Creed in this? Mm-hmm. Hey, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I might check this out. And um, yeah, of course, uh, there's the, uh, there are the familiar things from Star Wars. I mean, we have IG Droid, who uh, was again, another bounty hunter that we saw in Empire Strikes Back. So, you know, so there's that. There's those kind of th- elements that will will draw in the Star Wars fans. So, I, I, I the more the more I watched the trailer and 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 really really starting that Friday morning when the, when the poster came out and I I saw the poster the official poster for the first time, I was like, oh, this is going to be good. And then I yeah. wasn't I, and I and I and I wasn't let down by the trailer. Yeah, no, the trailer is is genius. I think this is how you do a teaser trailer. And for all intents and purposes, this is how you just do a trailer. Yeah. Because there, I honestly, as much as I was joking before about will he speak, Mm -hmm. that is such a clever way to get my interest, make me feel like I'm going to sit down and watch this pilot episode. I have no idea really what's going to be happening in it yep. or the story, but yep. I really want to know if he's going to speak. So I'm yeah. going to watch it. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 and the way they have set the, the trailer up, I mean, it, it not having to speak just the visuals. It just, it just, it's a perfect tease to like, to draw you in and mm-hmm. they're, and they're not giving away anything other than just, okay, just setting up, setting up the world that we're in. And set up the familiar things. You see the stormtroopers, so you're like, okay, I know Star Wars. I see, a, I see a, I see a spaceship going across, and you know, I, 
you, you see those familiar elements, but beyond that, and you, you have just a few lines of dialogue as far as bounty hunters and that kind of stuff, and it's just like, oh, like you said earlier, this is a, a, a good mashup of, a, of Game of Thrones, Wild Wild West, and I mean, and, and, and if you're going to launch your streaming service on it with a, with a potential tentpole property and show, this they i think disney made the correct decision here by using this vehicle from a star wars vehicle to do that yeah and i mean it's it's not like anybody else um tried to do a similar thing they just chose the wrong team some would yeah. argue um you should have chose doom's doom patrol but whatever yeah. um so on top of that after all of after we get really excited excited about Mandalorian. Um, I, you know, I I don't Kenobi drops. Like, yep. and even though we knew it mm-hmm. because it leaked or it came out, it's still really cool because yep. and I and I like it. I like how it's kind of like, let's let's draw you in mm-hmm. and then let's remind you that this is the first of probably many. Yeah. So, so stay, don't think like it's Mandalorian and then you can turn it off much like a lot of us do whenever Cobra Kai comes off. We're exactly. like, don't need YouTube Red anymore. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's really it. No, yep. no, no, no. Stay tuned because there's more. Granted, you have a shit ton of MCU stuff to keep you occupied when you're not watching Star Wars. Yeah. But the Kenobi, and that's again a reminder, an actor, you and McGregor comes back. And to reprise this role and to tell a story that a lot of diehard fans have been waiting for. Yes, yes. It's just, it's it's great. I love it. I love it too. I love it too. I mean, it was, as you, it was leaked earlier. And of course we were all like, well, is this going to be another one of those like Batman things where is he or isn't he? But uh, as you once said at D23, is so great. I could talk about this now. So, and we, and I'm so happy that he is, officially on board they've got scripts written i think they're there i think their plan is to start filming first of the next year and for so it's it's very possible we could have uh kenobi end of 2020 beginning of 2021 so it's literally right around the corner and and i and i love the i think look at i know they put out the the timeline for this this show and it's, I think it's, it's in between, uh, Revenge of the Sith and, and a new hope. So we'll, we'll get those lost years. Hmm. And, yeah. The, and that's the story that everybody has been saying yeah. they need to tell because yeah. there, there is a lot of interest and, um, I think, Yeah. Yeah, and and McGregor is the right age for it too. I mean, it's not like they're going to have to do. I mean, if it, chronologically, it's he. This is where Obi Wan. You know, we were left last time we saw Obi Wan is he was taking, watching over Luke on Tatooine. Leia went off to Alderaan, and yeah, and and, and Yoda had that line where he's like, "Quite, I have while while you are." In your exile, I have tasks for you, and and one your your mentor, you know Qui Gon, has come back from the Force. 
So, so there's you know there's so many things there, and and the one thing that I did like about the prequels, I know people hate for the most part the pre- prequels are you know meh at best for most folks, but the the one thing that really stuck with me with from the, the prequels that I'm so glad they're following up with the, with this Kenobi show is learning more about Ben Kenobi and not only those lost years that he was watching over Luke on Tatooine, but also hopefully we'll get an opportunity to learn more about Kenobi in his younger days. And as when he was a Padawan and maybe they'll have some flashbacks with that. And, and, and the other thing too, is if I recall, I don't know if this is rumor or has been confirmed, but I think uh, we'll see Darth Maul in the series too. Hmm. I I heard more speculation we would end up seeing um Darth Darth Vader. Yeah. Well, we'll probably see Vader. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you'll have to see Vader because um uh, there's a throwaway. There's a line in uh, a New Hope that he's like the presence I haven't felt since. There'll there'll be opportunities there for Vader to show up. Just got to get James Earl Jones's voice now. <laughs> Yeah, now while you can. So in the final bit of Star Wars news was the sizzle reel for episode nine and mini trailer. um, Pretty much a trailer, guys. I don't care what you say. Despite the introduction, by the end of it, you were pumped to go see episode nine as soon as possible. Mm -hmm. Great trailer, great visuals. Some really cool frames. Just I've I've been seeing some gifts on my timeline leading up to our recording tonight, and I'm yeah. like, yeah, this is why I'm interested because again, it's serious, mm-hmm. and it just feels real, and it's so fascinating what they're doing. Um, and the big part of it is what's going on with Ray. What's right, going right. on with Ray? Which is interesting because as much as I'm debating that question. You know what other question keeps coming up in my mind? Mm-hmm. Why do they call it the Rise of Skywalker? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because don't forget that. Like, despite this trailer, yes, it's race-centric. But why then call it Rise of Skywalker? Now, yeah. I did listen today to the last bit of Collider Collider Live. If you haven't or you don't know, please go check it out. We're big fans of them, obviously. We tend to watch and understand um, – better understand a lot of what we're talking about when we record on um i i don't always agree with them but sometimes i do and christian harlow i i do have to say he 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 is he made one really good point that i actually understood about why ray being a clone makes sense and it's specifically in regards to the last jedi when she goes into the the cave and to see who her parents are, but she doesn't see who she's her parents are. Instead, she sees her reflection and then all of these different rays. Right. Alluding to she's a clone. That makes perfect sense. It does. Does I it don't... also make me want to hurt the writers? Yes. Yeah. Because it's a cop out. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I, yeah. I even tweeted today. I, I have posed the question on our on our feed. We get a lot of good responses from folks as far as some th- you know theories. Uh, as far as I've seen cloned, I've seen someone say uh, it's Carrie Russell's character. Uh, there's been, uh, you know, the, the prevailing I don't, I don't things. I understand that, the Carrie yeah. Russell character. It, it's Ray. 
Yeah, it's it's Ray. It is Ray. And there's also, you know, there's also been the vision. And so, you know, one thing, you know, as far as visions, I, I've seen it go different ways. Folks, is, you know, Ray's just having a vision herself, but they talked about that similar collider too, as far as, well, yeah, you know, that will be, uh, that's another cop out. And I would take clone over dream sequence or vision. Yeah. I would. Because if, if you have to do either or, again, because of that point that Christian made about yeah. uh, The Last Jedi, I'm like, yes, it makes sense then. Yeah. I put, a vision would be worse because it's a vision and it kind of feels like you were cheated. Yeah. I, 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 I like twisted the vision thing into it was a vision of actually Kylo instead of instead of Ray's vision of being a Sith Lord, it was Kylo's vision of her being a Sith Lord. But I mean, that, that, that to me, the only way that to me, at least that would be the only reason why you would do the vision thing. Which, and then brings me back to my original second question. Why again, we have to remind ourselves this is about the rise of Skywalker. So anything, it may seem very race centric, but for all intents and purposes, she's not necessarily a Skywalker. Right. So she, she may have Skywalker genealogy. Who knows what she has yeah. in her. Well, but at the same time, like what you were saying, if he sees that vision, that's one way he gets brought back to light. And everybody, it's now, it's not confirmed, but I feel like everybody going into this movie, it's like, this is the redemption of Kylo Ren. Mm-hmm. So the only way to redeem him is for him to save Rey. Rey right. first has to fall for for him her to get ca- caught, I guess. Right. Yeah, yeah. That yeah, and that and that would be the only that, and that goes to my thought as far as the, the him having the vision and coming around and uh, bringing her back from the from being a Sith. But I like not the, after some grueling fight sequences. Oh, on, on the yeah, that's that the grueling fight. Se- I love the poster, especially when it first came out, and mm-hmm. the, them all the fighting on, on what looks like the remnants of the Death Star, and it's just it's just everything about this episode nine. I was kind of not sure about it. I mean, I, I, as far as how excited I was, but this the sizzle reel definitely it. It was just beautifully done, just bringing us, you know, having Luke voiceover with all the generations and pulling it all together for this this final final conclusion and the, uh, the conclusion of the Star Wars and the Skywalker saga. I I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to it. Love to hear more people's theories and stuff. Some you know some of us will probably get it right on the edges, but um, yeah, the, the the one other thing about the clone thing that uh, I know they were discussing on, on Collider and some other other place that haven't seen it other places but uh, ex- I guess explaining some of the things oh, oh, as it relates to Ray as far as you know, having DNA from all the great warriors and stuff and does that does that weaken her as a character and because it's sort of like again another cop out and, and, I, I, and I can see that point uh, and and you know we talked about this with, with Krypton with uh, with um, Nissa that with Nissa with Nissa and also what we had this season at the Lyta. with Lyta and mm-hmm. her in a clone when they had you know we thought that she was murdered by Jack Zool and then we we turned we found out that it's a clone and it really did in a lot of ways undercut 
that suspense that they had and for you for you yeah yeah for me yeah but you know i I like steaks so i i'm I'm hoping that ray's not a clone i'm hoping if if i mean it would be great if he if she just really just flat out goes dark side and and it does become a redemption story for kylo obviously that is another dramatic cop-out as well uh well here here's the thing because again, part of the reason why I was fine with what they did on Krypton because I thought it was a great trick. As long as they don't do it again, yeah. I was going to be fine. And then they got canceled, so they won't. Yeah. No, um, too soon, too soon. With with this um, whole theory about Ray being a clone, I remember talking with other people after Force Awakens mm-hmm. because everybody was curious: where does she come from? Who right, are her right. parents? And the coolest theories had her having her genealogy date back to the Sith, to mm-hmm. Palpatine. Mm-hmm. And and then you were just like, oh, so so you have you have the the person who is descendant of good fall to the dark side, cross paths with the person who's a descendant from bad, who's in the good side, cross paths. So it's like this reversal. That they have this yin and yang. Mm -hmm. Very cool concept. You can still do that with this clone theory. Because she is literally a byproduct of the Empire. She is their creation. She is like, she is one of many now. And some people don't like that. It's kind of like defeats the uniqueness. However, we don't know what happened to the other clones, right? Right. So we right. don't know if she's also unique because she's the only one to turn to the good side. And we don't know why. Right. And she's clearly drawn to Kylo. And Kylo's drawn to her for some reason. So there is this, you can still do this weird yin and yang and she can still be unique. It's all about how they tell the story to make it work. True. Because, you know, you could also say like, Oh, well, he's the prince who then saves the girl who has to bite an apple to fall asleep. And he's the only one who can wake her up. Like if you do the the whole fall to the dark side thing. So people are always going to nitpick. Yeah. You no, know, everybody's going to have a reason to say like, oh, you you diluted the story. So just tell the story. This is all speculation right now. We don't know it what's going to happen. It is. It is. And. It is all a speculation, and we'll we'll find out in December if who if he, if she's a clone or it was just a vision or or if it was something else. Okay, so I told you you had two minutes for Pennyworth. Yeah. I'm thinking you only have a minute and a half. <laughs> Will I? I'm serious. I this show I I don't think I can do. I don't yeah. think I can do it anymore. Yeah, it's I, it's an acquired taste. It I'm is. reading your notes about the sixth episode, and I'm like, no, I don't, I don't want to watch Martha babysit Thomas Wayne's sister, encounter Satan, and then end up naked in a field. I don't, I don't think I want to watch that. Yeah, this uh, I I was on board with this series up until this episode, and then I was like. <laughs> Okay, this, uh, this, I, I, it was, it, it was the first episode I actually managed to make it through without, you know, kept, kept me engaged. Yeah, falling asleep, <laughs> yeah. 
but it was um, it's one of those things where I was on board with them until they started getting all mystical and stuff because at least they still it was it was pretty grounded I mean it was very again I, I love this you know the things that I talked about last week it was really into the spy craft and really into that and we got some of that in this, this episode with with Thomas Wayne uh, it was confirmed that he is a company man works with the CIA and there were there were good there were elements of it that worked like that. But then with Martha having to babysit Patricia Wayne and they end up in this this hedonistic party and Martha throws back a bunch of drinks and I think she gets, obviously they were laced with something and she ends up in the field and Alfred is, Alfred is off doing his work for Jack, uh, for, for Mr. Ripper and so... I'll, I'll probably just for completeness sake finish it out <laughs> but, poor soul yeah but I yeah but you it, may like walk yeah. away from it and never return yeah yeah it's kind of this, one of those things like okay uh, September 6th is rolling around for Titans a couple other things are starting to roll back so yeah it, it was a good filler it was a good filler for the summer but um Sometimes shows don't work. I mean, yeah, in all honesty, yeah. or they don't work for us, or they don't. It... I mean, it was working for me. I, I, I did. I, I was into it. This episode just kind of took me out of it. You, you had your time, sir. Yeah. No, this, <laughs> this show is not good. It's just not there. It's I, I feel like it is. Um, it's trying to be Gotham, and honestly, because Gotham lasted for five seasons, it clearly worked for some people. Yeah. It did not work for me, even though I kept going in and out of it. At the same time, it wanted to be taken serious in the worst way because it wanted to combine those that genre element of Gotham with basically billions and Succession, which are HBO and Showtime shows, and it was just this weird hybrid and honestly boring, in my opinion. Like yeah. I that the fifth episode, when I tell you, Will, I understood probably twenty-five percent of it. That's pretty accurate because I literally had no idea what was going on. Yeah, it's fair. It's fair. I mean, I don't follow this. I don't care about it. When you talk about stakes, I didn't really understand the stake of a situation. And and it it tells you something when something as bad as them killing off the female protagonist in the third episode. And then in the next episode, which is clearly about grief, you have no sympathy for the hero that tells you you're not invested in a TV show. Yeah, that's 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 fair. Fair point. And then the hero goes and shags the barkeep priesta um, in the fifth episode. So, See, I didn't even know that that happened. Yeah. Yeah, it was at the very end. It was at the very end after he blew the, blew the head off of the uh, uh, No Name League head. Uh, so... Yeah, I mean, again, like I said, there, there are elements of the show that are interesting. Uh, the It really wasn't until episode five that I finally started to realize the, the, the factions with the No Name League and the Raven Society and some of the inner workings there. But it, 
it it, it does meander along. It, I will I will f- fully grant you that. And as I said, I, I'll I'll you know, watch it every now and then. But it's it's not like it wasn't like. You know, Krypton and other shows, Cloak and Dagger, which, excuse me, D23, I was hopeful that you would tell us something, but that's a that's another day. Um, as far as whether or not they got renewal, renewed, yeah. but yeah, this show doesn't do that. Uh, it's not like appointment TV for me. Yeah, so let's not meander anymore on Pennyworth and let's get out of here for tonight. Yeah. Will, why don't you tell our listeners where they can find you? Yes, you can find me at on Twitter at Will M. Polk. That's W-I-L-L-M-P-O-L-K. And you can find me at Twitter at SJ Belmont, S-J-B-E-L-M-O-N-T. Please follow our crew on Twitter at Seen and Nerd. Friend us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram, but most importantly, rate, subscribe, and comment on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, and Spotify. Good night, geek out. You're welcome. MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.